Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of Penned In. This week, I interviewed thriller author Michael Trant about writing, life, and more. When did you first know that you wanted to be a writer? It's funny because I used to joke, I was a bookworm as a kid and I grew up on a farm, but I was not a farm kid. I would much rather be inside reading books and comics and playing Nintendo and stuff, but you'd have to go out and give the old man a hand on the farm. And I'd be like, I don't need to know this because I'm going to be an author when I grow up. And this is me of all of eight and nine. And of course, you grow up and you go and get a real job and ended up back on farms, but probably really started pursuing it in about... 2012 something like that I think I started writing my first manuscript around then and I was just going to self-publish it and sort of use it to promote the farm tourism business we were doing at the time back when I was still married and I ended up submitting it and I went through that whole process with my first book in 2017 and caught the bug from there so yeah it was it was funny how things come full circle because I always used to say as a kid I was going to be an author and sort of let it slip by the wayside for 20 years and then picked it back up again. Why did you choose to write in the thriller genre specifically? It wasn't actually a choice I didn't realize I'd written such a thrilling thriller until my prospective agent Alex Adset who's my agent now in Australia she read it and she said this this is an amazing thriller and I said is it? Is it a thriller? She said, oh, yes, it's it's such a thriller. I said, oh, I was just trying to write something where stuff happened a bit quicker because I'd written about four or five manuscripts between Ridgeview Station, my first publication, and Wild Dogs, which came out last year in February. And one of the main feedbacks I was getting was it's a bit slow to start. Like once you find the story, you're fine. And then once, you know, you can write action sequences quite well. And just the story lent itself to some fairly fast-paced car chases and gunfights and sort of high-tension moments. And, yeah, apparently it's a thriller. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really surprising because I didn't actually intend to set out to write that. That's hilarious. Do you read any thrillers in your free time or do you, like, oh, just yeah, read no, I, I, re- I read sort of lots of things, mostly through audiobooks these days because I spend a lot of time in farm machinery and great way to pass the hours so I mean I grew up reading Wilbur Smith and Bryce Courtney and Stephen King and a great range of authors and then sort of Tom Clancy and then Lee Child actually hadn't read any of Lee Child's books and my publisher said oh we're gonna we publish him in the UK so we'll see if he wants to read Wild Dogs and see if we'll do a cover quote for you and he came back within a very short amount of time and said yeah I've read it love it um here's the cover quote and I went oh I'd better read some of his books now so I did and yeah, so they're really cool. But no, like I read anything and everything. So, if you had to have, or if you could have, I guess if you could have lunch with any author of any genre, who would it be and why? It would be Andrei Sikorsky, the writer of the Witcher series. I love those books. I discovered that through the computer games, and then from there I went back and read all the books in order, and went back and played the first and second game and currently replaying the third game I just love that world and I love the way he's taken Polish folklore and history and melded it into this fantastical world quite a dark and nasty world it's not your usual 
fairy tale and quite a, that line comes up quite often through the books you know this isn't a fairy tale it's not going to be a happy ending and funnily enough his writing really influenced the way that wild dogs is structured and some points of view through all that so so yeah that that, that would be the one if i did my research correctly or somewhat mm -hmm. you've already mentioned you work through like you've worked in a whole range of different careers what has that experience been like for you and how has that affected the stories that you end up writing? Yeah, it's, it's all led to this point where you had, we've just had no trace sort of a sequel to Wild Dogs coming out yesterday, what's today, Thursday, Tuesday, so it came out two days ago. So Wild Dogs came about, I wanted to pair an old Australian bushman, someone who's fairly gruff and cranky and not very tolerant with a young Muslim man because that clash of cultures and change of perspectives, I just thought it'd be really interesting because I sort of, when I was up working on mines, um, on mine sites up in WA here, there was a lot of people from a lot of different cultures that I hadn't experienced because I grew up in a small country town and it's quite a quite a small community, or it's a very closed group community sort of thing. There's not usually not too many people from other parts of the world there. So sort of my, my eyes were open a fair bit and met some lovely people. And so I wanted to explore that in Wild Dogs and then, all the stuff that's in wild dogs about controlling feral animals and that that's stuff I used to do when I was on my own farms and stations. The idea of the people smuggling thing came from when I was working for a boat builder as a, as a draftsman drawing up plans for them. The cray fisherman said he, he should probably bring all these boat people in because he wasn't making any money catching crayfish. And I just remember thinking, well, your fishing boats are probably perfectly set up to smuggle people if that's what you wanted to do. Like they, very well set up so all these little things just stick in your head and yeah I think most writers draw from their life experiences even if they are writing something completely fantastical like fantasy or high you know sci-fi or whatever it's, it's the characters and the relationships those characters have that you you draw on your own experience with people and maybe people you've met and uh, so yeah it all it all comes to that but you know I've done a few different things and sort of do what you have to to get by if you could switch places with any of the characters in your novels which character would that be oh that's a tough one because Ridgeview Station was fairly it was fairly autobiographical like it was what we were doing on the sheep station at the time just changed a few names and made things a bit more exciting so that one's I mean I'm, I'm pretty much in the book and so is the family my wife's family my ex-wife's family now but we're all in, the, all in that book under different names and things and as for Wild Dogs and No Trace, I'm not sure because they don't have a lot of fun in these books. So I don't think they'd be real. I don't think I'd want to be gay. He's he's old and tired and cranky with a sore hip and a, he lost his wife a few years ago. So he's not in the best place to be. And most of the people you meet in Wild Dogs end up dead anyway. So, yeah, I think I'd pass on that one, actually. I don't think I'd want to be any of my characters at the moment. What is the most challenging aspect of the whole writing process for you? The whole writing process, I find the first draft the hardest because I always try to do things reasonably well the first time and that doesn't work for writing. You've got to you've got to just write whatever rubbish is in your head and then try and get to the scene that maybe you're thinking of that you really know how you want to work, but a scene doesn't make a book. You need a whole book around that. Or And I, I really struggle getting to the end of the book, but once I'm there, 
I generally know what I want the story to be about. So then I can go back during the editing process and basically make it look like I knew what I was doing when I was writing the thing. So it involves a lot of editing and deleting of paragraphs and shuffling things around because I'm not really a planner. I, I've tried. It would be really good if I knew what was happening when I was writing the books. But no, I just sort of make it up as I go, basically. I usually have a rough idea of what I want to do. Like with Wild Dogs, I knew that, well, I thought I knew that Gabe was going to die, the main character. He was going to die saving this young Muslim man, a young uh, asylum seeker, which he did in the manuscript that Penguin and my agent got. But then my publisher said, he's such a great character. We Can, can we keep him for your second book? Because it was a two-book deal. And I thought, yep, that's great because I don't have to think of a new whole new character. We can just follow on and sort of build on wild dogs. So, yes, yeah, the hardest part would be the first draft for me. How long does it typically take you to write a book? That... That varies so much. So No Trace, the re most recent one, I started writing that in January last year, around January last year. Wild Dogs came out in February, so I was you know, promoting it, doing this sort of thing. And I had a June deadline for No Trace, so I managed to somehow write the first draft in almost three months. But it took me three months to get to the end, and that was writing pretty much every day, whether I got up early in the morning and did an hour before I went to work. I'm fortunate that the work I do in sitting on tractors, moving along a paddock very slowly with an auto steer, I don't have to steer them until I get to the end and turn the machine around again. I can actually write by hand in a notepad. I can listen to my manuscript through a like text-to-speech app through the radio. So I, I was working on it while I was working, and it was just it was terrifying, actually. And it, So within three months, I had a first draft done, Within another month, the manuscript was presented to my agent. She read it, gave me some ideas, another two weeks, fixed up. So within six months, I had a from nothing to a present to the publisher and accepted manuscript. And then we went on with edits, publisher's edits from there. That's the quickest and first time I've ever written to a deadline. Everything else was just as I felt like it. I think I started writing Wild Dogs in 2017 in October. So it was a write when I feel like it as it comes to me. You know, if I got stuck, I'd, I'd write something else. I'd just put it in a drawer and forget about it and come back six months later with fresh eyes. So, but no, I, I apparently I can do it in about three or four months if I really have to. So you've mentioned before that you are represented by an agent. How did you land on being represented by the Alex Adset Literary Agency, and how did you find your agent? When Ridgeview Station was published, that was done without an agent. That was an unsolicited submission to Alan and Unwin, and they read the first chapter, got back to me, they read the rest of the manuscript, and we went from there. The second time round, I decided I wanted an agent because I didn't know anything about the publishing industry. My publisher resigned just as Ridgeview Station came out, so I sort of sort of fell through the cracks a little bit and I wasn't really sure what to do and where to go and how how do, how do you sort of follow on? Do you do a next book? Do you, are you guaranteed a next book, which you're not, by the way? So, see, I wanted to get an agent. So I just started writing story I thought I wanted to write and then I would research all the agents in Australia to find what ones were taking what sort of stories. And Alex was one of the very few agents that was accepting fantasy submissions and I've been doing some... Australian fantasy stuff, very similar to The Witcher, what Andre did with Polish fantasy and folklore, I was trying to do with Australian 
myth and mythology because Australia, everything's trying to kill you in this country and, you know, all the nasty animals we have apparently. So I was playing with that. And I'd also written this, this well, thriller, Wild Dogs, which was on submission to another agent, but I'd met Alex at an event and she liked the idea. So I sent Alex this fantasy stuff. She said, she read it and said, look, it's really good, but I'm not sure what I can do with this. What else have you got? And the other agent had just resigned from agenting. So I said, well, here, here's this adventure. I don't know what it is. It's an adventure novel. It's what Wilbur Smith would write if he's Australian. So she took her about 10 months to read it, actually, just because she was a single agent business then. So it took her a long time and she made me aware that was going to be the case. I said, that's fine. So, yeah, and she finally read it and said, oh, my God, I need this and signed me up. And then six weeks later, we were with Penguin. So it's just through perseverance and research you've got to send the right manuscripts to the right agents and basically whatever they say on their website whatever the guidelines are for however they want it submitted that's what you do you don't do any more or any less you just do what they ask and hopefully they'll read your stuff and if they like it they'll get back to you i had a couple of agents get back to me with some suggestions and ideas and then I'd go work, rework another manuscript and I said, oh, look, it's nice, but it's just not for us. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just not for us. So you can have the perfect manuscript, but if it doesn't suit that agent, they won't take it on. So, yeah, that's how I ended up with Alex. You said you've been working on a fantasy story or a couple of them. Have you considered potentially publishing those in the future? Yeah, something I definitely want to pursue. I actually thought they were going to be the ones that were going to kickstart my career again I was going to get another contract through that but at the moment they're on the back burner mainly because my publisher at Penguin Bev sort of specializes in crime mystery thrillers so that's what we're working on at the moment because I managed to write a half decent one with wild dogs with no help so as I, when we signed with Penguin I said well you know with your help and Bev actually offered she said look sign with me and I'll help you write the next one because this is what I do. This is my wheelhouse. I do this sort of stuff. And I said, great, let's do it. We'll see if we can come up with a better one. And so far, the people who have read No Trace say, yes, you have. You've come up with a really tense mystery, not as much action, but it's definitely who done it. Could be any one of them. So, yeah. You work with traditional publishing. How much input do you have in the whole process of your story, like the cover art and like the marketing overall? Yeah, so I leave the covers and marketing to the publisher. That's what they do. Their job is to sell books. So they know what cover's going to get picked up. They know what marketing's going to best suit whatever type of book it is that they're doing. They'll send me a draft of the cover, say, hey, what do you think? And I'll say, holy, that looks amazing. And even if I thought, maybe not, I'd say, look, if you think that's the best cover for this book, we'll we'll do that. because." As I said, I'm not a marketer. I'm not a graphic designer. And I have I have had some author friends send me a cover, a copy of their draft cover and say, what do you think about this? And he says, I'm not sure if I like it. So I said, well, ask them to do this, 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 and this. And they send back a reworked draft. And we go, no, that looks even worse. So they the designers know what they're doing. Um, with the editing process and stuff, it's all give and take. Like nothing's enforced on you. Well, I haven't experienced that yet with three books. It's always been suggestions. Some suggestions might be stronger than others, but at the end of the day, they are, it is your words going in. So unless they are, I guess, unless they really object to something that you've put in the book, it's so far, it's been a pretty 
pretty good process. I, I quite like it because quite often people will point out stuff that you didn't even think of, and especially when I'm writing things about rural, whether it's farms or station objects or just things that I take for granted as knowing because, you know, it's been my life. Someone who's reading it in the middle of the city got no idea what I'm talking about. So it's really good when you've got an editor who is that person in the city's got no idea what I'm talking about. You can refine your descriptions or maybe just pare it back a bit so it's not so complicated. To you, what makes a good story? I think I personally, I always like a bit of humour in the story. I always like banter between characters. It doesn't matter what they're doing. I mean, they could be in the middle of a gunfight. And if there's a bit of banter going back and forth, some dark humour, I love that, which is, I think that's why I like The Witcher so much. There's, it's they're quite funny books um, in amongst all the swords and sorcery and dark, dark stuff that's going on. So I try, I always try and include that. I like relatable characters. I'm not, it's always nice seeing the big hero, you know, go out and save the day and win reasonably effortlessly. But it is also good when normal people manage to do stuff like that, which is what Gabe is in this, in these two books. Just a normal fellow working out bush. So, yeah, I like uh, the twists are good. It's always good if you can't see a twist, as long as it makes sense, as long as it's been set up properly. And then if you go back and read it again, you go, oh, yeah, there's oh, there's that little clue. There's that little Easter egg. There's a little breadcrumb there. Um, well, that was a fake breadcrumb, that one. So I think if you can work your stories like that, that's that's what I enjoy anyway. So obviously writing is the main career along with farming. What what do you like to do outside of your career in your free time? Yeah, so at the moment I'm still working on farms because the writing doesn't quite pay all the bills just yet, as most writers are. We all need to have a real job, as, as people call it. Hopefully that'll change eventually, but I'll probably still always come back on to work for these for the people I'm working for now because it's where I live and I actually quite enjoy the work and they're good people to work for, so... I did joke one day, if I ever become a millionaire of this writing stuff, I'll I'll buy my own tractor or just go and drive it for you and like it'll be good. I like gaming. I like to play computer games. I'm a big kid. I was quite keen on playing guitar there for a while, but then the writing sort of taken over that because all my hobbies are sitting down alone, whether it's gaming, writing, guitar. It's they're very antisocial hobbies. That's they're the main ones really. I not into sport. I always like always like going down the pub and just socialising with the people around town and just catching up with everyone. But yeah, they're the main ones. Yeah, gaming, gaming, guitar, and writing. Like that's it's. I guess the writing's now sort of becoming more of a job. I've sort of got to focus and make the effort to do it, even if I maybe don't feel like it. Because I've at the moment I'm trying to write another manuscript to to pick up another contract with Penguin. So it is more or less a job now. You're not getting paid for it just yet. Can you tell a podcast anything about that manuscript or is it like very secretive yeah. right now? No, not too secretive at the moment. Um, so keeping the same main character from Wild Dogs and No Trace, Gabe, sort of a fella in his mid-60s who's quite, like I said before, he's quite gruff and grumpy and guys like that are pretty common around here in the outback Australia. They're great characters, but I've sort of say Wild Dogs was a action. No Trace is more of a murder mystery and... The one I'm writing now, I've I've taken this grumpy fella who doesn't really like following the rules and moved him up to a, a mine camp where there's lots of rules and regulations and safety protocols and people running around. So he's going to be a fish out of water 
uh, there'll be some sort of dodgy criminal stuff going on that he gets involved in and saves the day again, which is sort of what's going to be happening. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes because, like I said, he wasn't supposed to survive the first book, and now I'm looking at book three and rough ideas of possibly a book four with him. So yeah, I'm glad my publisher suggested we keep him around. What is the most inspiring aspect of the whole writing publishing process for you? Fellow writers, I have never seen such a group of supportive people anywhere. Like there's no very, very, very little snide remarks or that fake happiness when someone wins an award. People genuinely are so pleased when a writer that they've watched for the last few years finally gets success or even just, even just being nominated for some for a little award or, or just having been shortlisted for a, a manuscript for something, people are so happy because they know the amount of work that that person has put into getting to where they are, even if they're not published yet. And it doesn't matter if you're a big international seller, if you're on the New York Times list, I know people who have done that and they will still comment on someone that they mentored two years ago. Like, it's just so supportive. So, yeah, and I've made, I've made some great friends in the community. So that, that would be the best thing, just the, the actual, the whole, the community as whole, everyone, how they all just sort of lift each other up. There's, there's no jealousy or vindictiveness that I've seen anyway. All right. Unfortunately, Zoom is going to kick us out soon. So I'll ask you just one more question. Um, which you have m most definitely been asked before. Uh -huh. What is your advice for aspiring authors? Okay, this one's getting easier every time I get asked it. You've got to, you've got to write. That's and a lot of people say this, and everyone just goes, "Oh, that's the most boring advice." But you have to do it. You have to sit down and you have to write. It's like um, I keep liking it to playing guitar or piano. No one goes, "I'm going to say learn how to play guitar or piano," and then performs a concert in the next two or three weeks like it takes years to get to that level where you can perform and writing's the same it takes thousands and thousands and thousands of words so you've just got to do it you've got to read other writers same as musicians have to listen to other music you have to read other writers even stuff outside of what you're writing so if you're writing a horror thriller read some romance because there'll be lines in their characters in there that you can use and we all borrow from everyone else Go to the courses, any writing courses, go to them, listen to all the advice and then just work out what works for you. Some say write every day. Some say write when you feel like it. I do a bit of both. It's no good sitting there staring at a blank screen for five hours. If, if it's not working, well, it's not working. Go and do something and then come back to it all. But you've still, you've got to, you've got to sit down at some point and actually write. Now, the other big one is just once you've written your thing, just stick it in a drawer for four or five months or weeks or whatever. Just forget about it write something else and then come back to it and read it and you'll have fresh eyes. It'll be like reading someone else's work and you'll, you, you'll spot all the little continually. You'll spot where you'll see the things that you can fix up. So yeah, got to write, take in other people's work and then let it, let it, let it stew for a bit. Just let it stew, then come back to it. Don't rush with the submissions. Just be patient. Make sure it's the best you can get it to be. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really no do worries. appreciate it. That's great. No, it's fine. That was good. Want to learn more? You can find his website linked in the description below. 
along with a link to purchase his latest book, No Trace. And that's all for this week. As always, thank you guys so much for listening in, and make sure to subscribe on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify.